0: And Ludnik, a real bum. The bad clowns freak him out.
1: This is the theme song of the pockets of the movie of the yokel of the neck. who's a dreamer and he can't keep a job. We watch the movie by the minute and we talk about what's in it. But we want it to be different, so we added two more seconds. It's UHF 62.
0: Uh, 60 second. UHF 60 seconds? Welcome back to UHF sixty second. Uh, this is David, one of your hosts. I am joined by. <laughs> I am joined. Wait, <laughs> is there anybody else here?
1: Uh, yes, Jonathan Carlyle is here. I'm not sure where, but he's yeah, here.
0: Yeah, you're here, and we've got who else is here? David. Oh yes, Tom. David? We've got Tom Fay.
2: Hey, for coming back. What's up?
0: I had a weird um, thing there where I I was I, I I'm I'm joined by you guys, right? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> My brain was screaming at me to say that I was joined with you, but I I don't think I'm joined with you. I'm joined and by holy you. Holy
1: matrimony, or well,
0: hopefully not. All right. Um, <laughs> I forgot to. Uh, all right, <laughs> you guys listening. And gals listening. And this is a podcast. And this podcast is about Weird Al's 1989 movie UHF. And this episode is about minute 14. This minute begins with the Metropolitan pulling up towards the camera. And this minute ends with uh, the disembodied voice uh, proclaiming that he is Mr. Ed. I like Terry's keyboard brooch on her jacket.
2: Mm hmm. Me too. Is it a brooch or a pin?
0: Jonathan, give us your definition of brooch.
2: And spell it.
1: Um, I think it's when you're getting closer to
0: somebody and you're approaching them. (laughs) Now, brooch obviously is is from the uh, brioche, which is a French bread, right? Can
2: I go kind of like on a side note real quick? Please. Uh, One time I was at the zoo and I was looking at all the animals and stuff like that. And I came across this cage. It was kind of like a pet carrier, or just like a small cage, and in it was a brooch. Brooch. How do you say it?
0: Brioche, I think.
2: Brioche, that's right. A little cage. So I asked the zoo caper, and uh, he explains to me, it's bred in captivity. Oh,
0: man. Thank you anyway
1: was that was that a, was that a visual joke i feel like i totally missed <laughs> bread on that
2: one. in captivity
0: give it to us one more time tom just for effect <laughs> okay
2: bread <laughs> in captivity
0: nice i love it
2: <laughs> so anyway that car is cool and it's something that i notice a lot in movies and tv shows that the character drives what is supposed to be like a lame car or like a just like dorky car or something like that but it's cool
0: yeah that's interesting that is kind of a i would say that's almost like a trope where people always have like a crap like a like a um amc gremlin mm-hmm. or like a you know like a vw microbus like mm-hmm. like, or weird. like Mr.
2: beans car yeah with three wheels yeah it's like what a dork But then it's like, well, that's a pretty cool car.
0: Yeah, and those are not, you know, you don't just, like, come by a Metropolitan Uh Nash or, you know, or what have you. I feel like that is, that's an interesting thing that, uh, yeah, it's meant to be, like, an oddball, quirky car, but it's a nice car. Um, So they disembark from the Nash. They move up towards the station, which is even better than he imagined.
1: Uh Uh-huh. I agree. So what did he what did what did he imagine? Because he's supposed to have this great imagination.
0: That's true. Yeah. But so, I, yeah. Okay, oh, so so ahead.
1: looking at this building, it's a tiny tiny building out in the middle of nowhere. It's a TV station, but I'm not saying that they don't have anything. But they've got a loading dock there with a bunch of pallets there. Mm-hmm. Like what? There must be something, I guess. But what is a TV station getting, getting on pallets? Are they actually building sets and getting materials been, that kind of yeah. thing, or?
2: Well, I imagine that it is like an old something else turned into a TV station. Um, where I live, there's a building <laughs> that reminds me very much of this UHF station. And it looks like it used to be a restaurant. And at one point, it was like a car shop. And it has a loading dock very similar to that.
0: <laughs> I have to say that I do like when buildings are repurposed from their original purpose. Uh, who knows what this was originally used for? But as far as the pallets, Jonathan, to your question about the pallets, I, I got to believe that um, Philo is getting shipments of all kinds of stuff at all hours, all mm-hmm. the time. In those uh, yeah, yeah. Can... Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, I forgot about that guy. Of liquids. Yeah. Well,
0: we, the, we don't know about him really yet. Yeah, so we I, haven't really. Yeah. I, I wish that there were action figures for this movie and like there was a playset like the UHF um you know channel 62 station playset that's why that loading dock seems to be there just for when they made the action figures and toys and playset then there would be like some kind of like a van that you could put all the you know George Newman and and Terry in so that they could like bust out of the playset door you know you could open that door on the playset and the george newman mobile or the uhf 62 mobile would come out of there with all the action figures in there and they could go on an adventure that's the only reason to, in my mind that there's like a loading dock uh door there
2: what would that be the uhf action mobile
0: uh, like maybe it would just be like a really big mash or nash metropolitan <laughs> that you could fit all the action figures in i don't know <laughs> yeah
1: well hopefully it wouldn't be a big uh, big empty box but
0: Have you guys ever felt like a place is more friendly or less friendly based on the status of the door?
2: No. In fact, if the door was open, I don't know if I'd assume that the place was any friendlier than if it wasn't.
1: I might just think it's abandoned.
2: In fact, um, I remember watching this movie and not really thinking too much about it, even though in a few minutes or in a minute or two we meet Philo, who's clearly there and airing something on tv when i see the building i just assume that it's abandoned like who's running it up until george gets there
0: in the morning we're going to meet some other um regulars or mainstays at the station and they're going to speak Mm -hmm. to that a little bit um as far as like who has been running things we don't know if it's abandoned and we don't know who's running it Uh, i guess somebody must have been running it because you know Mm -hmm. somebody's reporting back uh, that it is on the edge of bankruptcy and has been for years um, I got some notes on the center doorknob.
2: Oh, yeah. oh, good. I tried looking that up and could not find much information on center doorknobs.
0: I used to play bass for center doorknobs. <laughs> I gather that
1: it's like it's it's kind of like an old European design, uh, you know, uh-huh. possibly French, maybe even. Um, the current models are just like a single latch. Uh, so if you were to put a center doorknob on, and you can, then that you really. The the typical latch that goes on the, the doorknob, you can just get extension pieces for that to get to the center. Some people on the internet seem to think that maybe this is a carryover from just very old door locks that would actually latch on both sides. Uh, so they put the, the knob in the center, because uh, it's equidistant from both sides, and you twist that and both come in, you can open the door. Uh, but with just modern modern door swings and stuff like that. Everything just latches on one side now. So it's actually it's impractical where at one point it may have been practical. Well
0: I've never uh, really put any thought into it but except for just that aesthetically I like it. So yeah. we're all in agreement on that. I have you guys
2: ever seen one in real life?
0: A center doorknob? No. I've no. not. Me
2: neither. Uh,
1: Vance Colby Jr. Hey mister! Uh, he was born March 9th, 1918. He died in March 3rd. 1991 so just a couple years after this movie he was age 72 when he died he's uh, another one of our elite cast members who was married for a long time uh, he was married to virginia g arslan they were married from august 12, 1955 to march 3rd 1991 which means that you know he died and then they weren't married anymore um he is a junior so his dad was the senior and his dad was the original bozo the clown before it was all licensed and commercialized and stuff like that, Pinto Colvig. So I'm not sure how that's a junior, unless Pinto was a stage name. If you look through his IMDb, he, especially in his later years, he played like bum. He played old man. Uh, <laughs> y- y- you know, he was pretty typecast, but I think he played it pretty well. Um, in Big Top Pee Wee, which is in my ranking, is the third best Pee Wee movie. He played clowny. And back in the day, on the Yogi Bear show, he did the voice of Chopper the Dog. Does anybody have any uh, controversial thoughts on Big Top Pee-wee?
2: I don't know Big Top Pee-wee that well. I'm a big fan of Pee-wee's Big Adventure, but...
1: What about uh, Pee-wee's Big Holiday, the more recent movie? Oh, yeah. David, where do you stand on Pee-wee's
0: movies? Um... (sighs) I have to admit that I'm a pretty big fan of Pee-Wee's Playhouse, and there was something about the movies that were off-putting to me, and I've probably seen each one only once, and the new one never.
2: I have more notes about Pinto, um, including Bozo, which you mentioned. Did you guys watch Bozo as a kid? Any uh, yes. form of it?
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I watched
2: it, and I was too young to know what version it was i didn't know there was more than one but i watched the heck out of bozo when i was a little kid the uh cup toss or the game where they had to toss the ball on the cup oh, that was always
1: like, that was like the uh, get off your seat one wasn't it it was like the uh, first thing they always had to do
2: yeah i remember practicing it at home um, <laughs> pretending to do it in front of like nothing while i watched it <laughs> i was obsessed with that
1: game <laughs> pretending to do it in front of nothing
2: i used to do that quite a bit i think i've told david before that when me and my cousin used to watch the sand in that scene where he's getting chased by the dog we would get up and pretend we were also being chased by a dog we were pretty cool we we're pretty <laughs> cool <me> to brag <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> um, also, on Pinto, did the voice of Grumpy and Sleepy, and not only did he do Goofy.
1: Are no. you talking about Pinto, or are you talking about Vance? Yeah, are you talking Pinto. about the senior Pinto. or the junior. Senior. Pinto? All right.
2: Senior did uh, Goofy and Pluto.
1: Goofy, like the Goofy, Goofy, Sleepy and Grumpy. Oh, you talking about? Okay, you're talking about <laughs> the dwarves Wait.
0: No, 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 no. He, but also Pluto and Goofy, like Mickey's Goofy, right?
1: Oh right! Did he yeah. did he do the uh, the scream when Goofy falls down the avalanches and stuff like that all the time? The
2: wahoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Uh, I don't know.
1: No, I hope because so. that was that was my favorite thing when I was a kid.
2: Oh, my favorite thing was when Goofy would go. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, <laughs> do you guys know what 4 H is? No, In- enlighten us. 4 H is like uh, agriculture, and the H's all stand for something like health, heart.
0: Harvest, I don't know. Yeah.
2: Harvest, uh Harvey, the Wonder Hamster.
1: <laughs>
0: Harvest. <laughs> but the but Girl
2: Four H was a big part of my high school and just school in general and I've got nothing against it. But the common joke was that what four H stands for is uh oh here, oh here, oh yeah oh <laughs> <laughs> Goofy.
0: <laughs> we're now alienated any of our audience that were uh <laughs> I don't even know how to say it. If the H is silent, it's just four. Yep. (laughs) Four.
2: I learned about him from a Leonard Moulton video. You guys like Leonard Moulton? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Sure.
1: I
2: told David earlier that I went a real deep rabbit hole on Leonard Moulton. And then when I got to the end of it, I was like, why am I looking up Leonard Moulton? (laughs) I don't know either. So, uh...
0: (laughs) Uh, um, going back to Vance, the junior, junior Vance. One credit that stuck out to me that was super cool was that he was in Barfly, which is the Mickey Rourke uh, vehicle about uh, Charles Bukowski, and I thought that was super awesome that he was in that.
2: Even cooler in the music video for Just a Gigolo, David Lee Roth. <laughs> you guys know that
0: he he was in uh, that.
2: It uh, he's a uh, he dresses up like a woman.
0: In it. speaking of going down rabbit holes of people that aren't in this movie though uh, i thought it was pretty interesting uh, on the commentary weird al mentions that somebody that they had come in to potentially play the part of the bum that vance uh ended up doing was uh, tracy walter who was in movies like repo man and he, and he was also bob the goon in the tim burton's uh, uh original batman movie mm-hmm. uh, which hey. is pretty cool uh this this $1 gag is one of my favorites.
2: Oh, it's great.
1: Um and he he counts the $1 really quick. Again, watching movies as you grow up, sometimes you take things for granted or you think different things. But he counts it so quick that I think part of my brain understood the joke that he's making change for the dollar at the same time. He does it so quick and he's the first thing he says is 85.95 a dollar. Some weird part of my brain thought that he was just making Like he already had change and he was just trying to get up to a dollar and then gave him. It doesn't make sense, but.
2: Yeah, I don't know.
0: Um, I uh, had a note that uh, I had to scribble out because I, I, you know, as I was thinking about this change gag critically, um, (laughs) I was (laughs) like. As one does. Yeah, as one does. I was like, who walks around with a pocket full, like an entire dollar's worth of. Of change in their pocket nobody oh. does that anymore but then i Damn. realized um that this is in 1989 and nobody has cell phones and there's pay phones I and just, things like that so you
2: hear this <laughs> that's over a dollar of change i just pulled out of my pocket oh
0: my
2: God. <laughs> at least two dollars
0: <laughs> why
2: <laughs> well it's not common but something came up over the weekend where i didn't have my wallet and i had to dig a bunch of change out of my car
0: <laughs> Wait, uh, ladies and gentlemen at home let this be known that this is this is we're recording this um uh, this is a little peek behind the curtain we're recording this on a monday so <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah so what and we're in the same pants i wore on saturday <laughs> and i haven't washed them big whoop <laughs>
0: Uh, anyway anyway <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah the change gag is so funny and weird al's how do you guys refer to him as weird al or al or george or what
1: we we go back and forth but his name yeah. is Let's george, say george in the movie
2: george's eyes open so wide <laughs> for like one second and it's just like that gag from the last minute with the sound where it's it's just a small thing but it's
0: so funny uh where like where are you talking about that his eyes open that
2: uh... um he holds his hand out with the change and then oh
0: yes okay at the at the end of the change okay yeah yeah yeah
2: when when he real, yeah when he realizes that the guy's just making change for a dollar his eyes just open so wide for just like one second <laughs> like what <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's so funny to me.
0: I thought, uh, you're talking, going back to the, uh, swipe sound effect from the previous minute. I thought that what you were going to bring up when we were talking about that was, um, uh, when George goes in the door and then, uh, goes through the doorway and then he, you know, grabs Terry and Terry kind of does that little hop jump into the, into the building after George is kind of, would have been, uh, I feel like that they could have accented that a little bit more with a sound effect, but didn't, but it Uh seems like they were trying to, uh kind of do one of those like woo, like a lunge thing you know when somebody pulls somebody through something and they kind of like lunge forward but she doesn't she kind of does like a little hop skip jump thingy that's a uh, little bit more dainty than like a you know being pulled through dainty. it's kind of a dainty movement i think
2: yeah no yeah dainty is just a funny word
0: that's a french is that french i don't know if that that might not be french i would have liked
1: Sounds to see french. her do that uh the the indiana jones hop from the temple like jumping through the doorway. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that would have been good, but yeah, I think um, I'm building my case that uh, Uncle Harvey is her uncle here, and I, she knows I Think you are building her, that case, yes? Yeah, she knows what her uncle is capable of, <laughs> and so she, you know, she is maybe a little fearful. Obviously, regardless of if she's, you know, if Uncle Harvey is her uncle or if Uncle Harvey is uh, George's uncle, we know that Uncle Harvey doesn't like George, and so, and she, she knows. Her uncle, well, and she knows what he's capable of, and that he kind of has mob affiliations and stuff, and so she's a little, you know, her trepidation at at going into the station, I, I think, is because she thinks that she, her uncle might be having George knocked off or or uh, eliminated. Whacked. Because, yeah, whacked. Uh, fitted for a cement overcoat, um, you know, because uh, to get him, you know, he doesn't want uh, George dating his, his niece.
1: I think George one time joined their poker game and just completely ruined the whole thing.
0: <laughs> had beginner's luck and won. Oh. Like, maybe that's how he won the Metropolitan, actually.
1: Oh, oh man. So, Harvey's so mad about that. Maybe
2: she's had uh, previous boyfriends taken out by the mob before.
0: Yeah, maybe that's why she went for George, because she's like, this guy works at a burger place. Yeah. He's not a threat like Uncle Harvey's. Too stupid. Yeah, he, to this get. guy's going to fly under the radar. He's <laughs> practically a idiot. <laughs> uh, <hello.
2: laughs>
0: My next notes are all about the very end of the minute, Mr. Ed. Yeah, let's do it.
1: But we... We hear more of the theme song. Actually, we hear like the entire theme song in the next minute. So I just wanted to focus our notes today on what we actually hear, which is, one, the voice of Mr. Ed, and two, the beginning of the theme song and a little bit of the singing. So, hello, I'm Mr. Ed. The voice was Alan Lane, who grew up in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So that was really my only note. Oh, really? Nice. Uh, You know, back in those days, everybody was doing westerns. So he's Alan, quote-unquote, Rocky Lane, And he did westerns, did voices for things. The guy who sings the song, Jay Livingston, and uh, some other guy, Ray Evans, they wrote the theme. Jay sings it. That's really about all my notes for that. But uh, just real quick, Mr. Ed, I think I'm going to save those notes, actually, for the next minute. Talk about the Ed himself.
2: Mr. Ed was a uh, horse, is that right? Uh,
1: Of course. Of course. (laughs) That's
2: one that I never watched.
1: I watched it. I mean I was familiar with it, but I didn't like it It wasn't like Mr. Ed's I didn't on like it. you know, it's one of those like it's uh it was in between other shows or, or whatever. But I don't I don't re- I Same don't specifically here. remember any episodes. I just I understand who Mr. Ed no. is and I understand that
0: That was a very uh, profound statement.
1: <laughs> I know who Mr Ed is.
0: I under- no you said I understand who he is. <laughs> who he is. <laughs> like, nobody it, right? really gets That's Mr. Right. Ed except for me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but the
1: show, Mr. Ed. Um, uh, well, they had a couple different pilots that they didn't end up using. the The show proper, I guess, it was from 1961 to 1966.
2: Yeah, 61 to 66.
0: That's a long time, That's actually. Long yeah. time.
2: Was it all in black and white?
0: I think so. I yeah, I remember it in black and white. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and... my memory of it, of watching it, things are in color. I just I meant the show was black and white. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that one just never was like... I'd watch Green Acres. Dobie Beverly Gillis. Hills. Huh?
0: Dobie Gillis? No. Uh, no, not Dobie no. Gillis. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's see. We've thrown Shade against... Or, um, shots fired against Mr. Ed and against PetSmart uh, so far. <laughs> um, who else is on our hit list? So that's you're saving all the rest of your Mr. Ed... Uh... Uh, yes, we'll hear
1: so much more about Mr. Ed in the next episode.
0: I can't wait.
1: Join us for our documentary about a horse who had a voice, but no one listened to him. I am Mr. Ed. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing Let me be your horse! That, that, that was not in my notes. <laughs> a sad life.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's a good ending, but we didn't really. Uh, we, that's <laughs> not super not a sign off at all. We could we could Did do a sign off and just that? cut it in. <laughs> Tom, do you want to sign off?
2: Sure. You've been listening to UHF sixty six. <laughs> awesome.
1: Home. Is that all right? Yeah. yeah it works as much as anything else we've Let done.
2: alright